name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Do you know what the secret of the spiritual life is? Prayer and fasting, coming to services? Love. And do you know what we receive from God each and every day, as well as in the church services and the sacraments? His love. And do you know what heaven will be like? It will be complete and utter love. A communion of love. Even judgment day is love. Everything is love. Why is this? Because as St. John said, God is love. Everything of who he is, of what he does, of how he is known and experienced is love. This is the message of St. John the Theologian, that God is love. He loves every created being. <clears throat> you can read in the bulletin about St. John's life, which is a very long life, as we know. He was known as the Apostle of Love because of his writings about love, both the writings of Christ himself in the Gospels, in the Gospel of John, and also in St. John's three epistles, especially his first epistle. He is the one who is described as the disciple whom Jesus loved. And so often in his epistle, he says, Beloved, beloved. And then he talks more about God's love. And then he says, Beloved. He talks more about God's love. His first epistle really is a treatise on love. And it, he describes three very important things. How important it is to love one another. How God is our perfect example. And how harmful it is when we don't love our neighbor. On this last point, he is especially clear about the harm of our lack of love for our neighbors. You know what he says? He says, a person who does not love his brother abides in death. He says also, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And he even says, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. He who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? This commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. These are very hard words. I know in my heart that I don't have love for everyone. I know that I can be clouded over by anger or frustration or resentment or envy. And that my love is only as deep as my commonalities with other people. Right? It's easy to love those who are like you. We think that that is love, but that's not really the test of love. As long as I have commonalities with someone, then, then my love can be there. But when those commonalities are uncovered to see the differences, the disagreements that we have, then my love is challenged. And I fear that I become a liar, in the words of St. John. Whenever there's a lack of love, we have our reasons and excuses, right? We know that a lack of love between two is not a good thing. So we justify and explain to ourselves, well, this is why I can hate that person. Or 
this is why I'm angry at that person, or this is why that person's not worth my time. So what St. John says is bitter because there are people we just don't want to love. Now, to be clear, when he says loving your brother, brother means everyone. Not your brother in the flesh, not your brother in the spirit, everyone. These are our brothers and sisters. In the Greek, it includes both. Why does he say that we're abiding in death and that we can't possibly love God? Why does he say these harsh words? With people who we don't want to love, how is it that we're abiding in death? How is it that we don't love God? Would any of us here in this room raise your hand and say, no, I don't love God? Maybe if we have a moment of clarity, we might say that. But for the most part, we wouldn't say that. Say, no, I do love God, or I want to love God, or I'm trying to love God. But he's saying that we don't love God if we don't love our brother. And he's saying that because he is telling us of reality. He is telling us about the reality of life, of everything. Because you see, love is not just an emotion or even an action. Love is participation in God. So if we don't love, we're not participating in God. If we love, we are participating in God. And of course, this is never a closed door. We can always change that, right? We can always choose to love. We can always strive to love and therefore participate in God. But in as much as we don't do that or don't even want to do that or prefer hatred, then we are choosing cessation with God. Why? Because God is love. That statement is not a statement of uh, a, an attribute of God. Like it's something that is, there's God and then there's the ways of God. When he's saying God is love, what that means is our participation in love of any kind is participation in God. Not Now the, the disclaimer has to be, what is true, truly love? Because we call a lot of things love. And those things don't necessarily at all mean that we're participating in God. Sometimes they can be the exact opposite. But whatever is true, whatever is godly love, whatever is divine love, whatever is love between human beings that is good and right, this is a participation in God himself. It's ontological, to use a big theological term. This is why in St. St. John says in his epistle today, what we heard, if you love one another, God abides in us. And then furthermore, he said, by this we know that we abide in him. Do you see how close that connection is? By loving each other, we are, God abides in us. Not, it's not an extra step. Oh, I love the people around me. And also I strive to have God abide in me. Or I love the people around me and I also try to love God. They're completely interwoven. Completely interwoven. A love of our neighbor is our love of God. And our love of God is our love of our neighbor. This is what St. John teaches us. <clears throat> and that as we participate in love, we participate in God. Like I have this little circle here. Imagine... This is me participating in love. This is also me participating in God. If I step out of love, I step out of participation in God. 
The two are completely interwoven and cannot be separated in any way. And so St. John, he encourages us to sincerely love because our love of our neighbor is our love of God. He says, my children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And that is a real incrimination because we want to say, oh, I love that person. How many of us say, I've forgiven them. I've forgiven them. Until what? Until the moment when you realize you haven't. Because that moment comes again and again and again. Because God is persistent to help us see how we don't really love. And so I say, oh, I've forgiven that person. And then a little firework ignites inside of me when the person says something or does something. Oh, I've forgiven them. Oh, it's okay. Everything's fine. That's me loving in word or in tongue, but not in deed and in truth. He also says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and loves God. Again, this direct connection between love of my neighbor is love of God. Love of my neighbor make, means that I am born of God, born again. St. John stresses that we love each other, we must love each other, because why? Because God did the same. God loved us to the point of death on the cross. And God himself is the example to us of our love. He says again in his epistle, By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for our brethren. Pause and think about this. He says, by this we know love, because he laid down his life for us. We only know love. We only experience love because he laid down his life for us. Because it is in the nature of who God is, this is how we know love. And ought we also not to lay down our lives for our brethren. And he says in another place, beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. You see, God is the example to us. He is the one who loved us first, as St. John says. This is what we see in our beloved Lord Jesus Christ. His love for everyone. In the person of Jesus, we see what love is. First, look at who Jesus was with in his life. We all know he was with the sinners, the tax collectors, the harlots, those who were not accepted, the Samaritans, those who are not of the, the tribe of Israel. He was with everyone. And he was even, he had love even for the Pharisees and the scribes. You might read some of the harsh things that Christ said and say, he doesn't love the scribes and Pharisees, but what did he say in his love? Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I would have gathered you together as a hen gathers its chicks, but you would not. See, God loves even them, but they don't love him. And so he gives them their freedom. Christ loved in so many different ways. He was always with the people. There was no me time or downtime or R&R. &R. His R&R &R was to go and pray in the desert, praying for those same people that he was with. 
He was always sacrificing, always feeling, without judgment, long-suffering and patient. He looked upon them with compassion and saw that they were like sheep without a shepherd, it says in the Gospel of Matthew. And he accepted everyone in repentance, even on the cross when the thief was there who lived an atrocious life. Even at that moment, he accepted him. And at the cross is where the depth of God's love is revealed. We cannot know love unless we know the cross. This is what St. John just said. Remember that? He says, by this we know love, because he laid down his life for us. This is how we know love, is by Christ crucified on the cross. Because that famous passage in the Gospel of John, for God so loved the world. How much did he love the world? That he gave his only begotten son. That's how much. So what does it mean for us to love one another? We have the example of Christ in his life and how much he loved the people he was around and how much he loves us. What does it mean for us to ascend the cross of love for the other? I'll give three simple things. Not so simple. No judgment. No judgment. No judgment. No judgment. We cannot love and judge. The two are mutually exclusive. So every time that we judge, we step out of love. And every time that we love, it is without judgment. The two cannot exist together. Second one, no expectations or demands. Now this is especially hard. We can't have any expectations of others. We can have desires, but if those desires are not met, what does that do for our love? If it shakes our love, if it changes our love, when a person doesn't fulfill whatever our desire is for them or for our relationship, that means that we have fallen into human love, not divine love. And I should say human love because it's not love. Love with expectations and demands is not love. Because God is love, and God has no demands or expectations of us. He just wants to love us. He says, if you want to participate in that, here's the way. Gives us all of his commandments and guidance as invitations for us to enter into his love. But he has no demands or expectations of us. This is our human love. And this is where so many of us can't really conceive of God because we came out of families in which love always had expectations, always had demands. I'll love you if, I'll love you when, I'll love you if you don't, etc., etc., etc. And so we then impart the same kind of worldly human love to the people around us. My love only has its limits to here. And if you cross that line, then my love for you no longer exists. This is the human way. And we have this very much in the world that we live in right now. Right? I love you if you do certain external actions to show that you do or don't have particular opinions about the pandemic. Right? And if you do or don't do those certain things, then I will or won't love you. And then you have enough people in your life that if you do the one thing, they'll love you and the others will hate you. If you do the other thing, they'll love you and they'll hate you. And this is the world that we're in. 
This is not love of God. This is not love, period, end of sentence. The love of God is love without expectation. I don't need you to do something for me to love you, unless I'm just talking about worldly love. I'm not actually talking about love. I'm using the word, but it's not actually love. I don't need you to do anything for me to love you. Otherwise, it's not divine love. Lastly, so we said no judgment, no expectations or demands. And the last is to bear with each other. And this is a broad catch-all. To bear with each other's sins, to bear with each other's struggles, imperfections. This needs patience, it needs compassion, it needs forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. Many things to bear with each other. But isn't this what our Lord did? His entire life on earth was a long-suffering, bearing with others, bearing with the inobstinateness of the apostles, their cluelessness about why he was there and what he was going through, bearing with the envy and hatred of the Pharisees and the scribes, bearing with the people who were following him around just to see a miracle, just to say, wow, I saw that, now I can go back to my village and tell people I saw that thing. Bearing with so much, but also bearing with people in their struggles and their weakness. When he was healing people, when he was seeing them in their struggles, when he was seeing the man at the, at the pool of Bethesda, when he saw all of these people in great pain and anguish, he was bearing with them. And this is what we do for love. This is how Christ loved. So if we can just do these three simple things, no judgment, no expectations or demands, and bearing with each other's sins and struggles and weaknesses. Then we can begin to have divine love. Then we can no longer be liars, according to St. John. Then we can no longer be abiding in death, according to St. John. I leave you with a final word from another great saint of love who we celebrated on Friday, St. Silouan the Athenite. Wrote so much about love. And there's this situation that was told by St. Sophroni, who was his disciple. He says, I remember a conversation between St. Silouan and a certain hermit who declared with evident satisfaction, many of you may know this story. He said, God will punish all the atheists. They will burn in everlasting fire. Now we have to say the certain hermit who was speaking with St. Silouan was probably of Russian descent because St. Silouan was Russian. This was, would have been a right around the time of the revolution, the time in which they're hearing about the slaughter of Christians and the tearing down of the churches. And this hermit is saying, God will punish them. They'll burn in everlasting fire. St. Silouan, obviously upset, said, tell me, supposing you went to paradise and there you looked down and saw someone burning in hellfire, would you feel happy? just extending the point, right? He's just saying, this is what you're already, this is how you are. Would you be happy? And the hermit says, it can't be helped. It would be their own fault. St. Silouan answered him in a sorrowful countenance. Love could not bear that. He said, we must pray for all. 
When St. John talks about our brother, that is everyone. So if you don't want this story to have the atheist, because that doesn't particularly relate to you, then put in Antifa. Or put in the unvaxxed, or the anti-vaxxed. Put in whatever it is that is your own personal hardness of heart. Because that is the part of your heart that needs healing. And until we can begin to see that that part is there and it needs to be healed, we will not have divine love. We'll have it in little spurts, little bits here or there. But we won't truly have divine love because we have a part of our heart that says, no, I have a good reason for not loving that person. That person is outside of the realm of my expectation of what I need to love. And so that person might as well say like the, the hermit, God will punish them. They'll burn in everlasting fire. This is not the love of God. May we, my brothers and sisters, no longer be liars, no longer be abiding in love, but be abiding in God, because God is love, and we love our brothers and sisters because God loved us.